Two more preseason games in the books. And while some of the finishing hasn't been great, it's understandable. And Zion Williamson has been really good. And you want to know how I know that? You saw what Trey Murphy did the other night? Directly responsible for a lot of that. Plus, injuries coming up at an inopportune time, which means it's time for Garrett Temple minutes? Actually, yeah. It's Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, another week's worth of shows for you. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free, no one else coming to y'all like this, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, the biggest stories, the biggest topics to cover every single day. Make sure Lockdown Pelicans is your first listen. So let's dive right into it because I want to get into some Zion talk. Two more preseason games in, different stat lines for both of them. Some of you might be concerned. I don't think there's any need for it. We'll get into Trey Murphy in the second segment and then injuries and yes, Garrett Temple in the third. I don't think it's that bad of big of a deal that he's playing. I actually think it's useful and I'll explain why. But let's dive into Zion. Against the Detroit Pistons, this was a game, first time people got to see him in person and seemed a little confused by what we saw from him. But as I watched him play this game and went back and watched pretty much all of his shots from that game, he's still fine. I think people are looking at the box score and losing sight of the big picture. Something to keep in mind here. It's been over 500 days, right? 500, somewhere between 515 and 519. No one seemed to have the same date on this. It's been over 500 days since he had played competitive basketball till that first preseason game last Tuesday. And Friday was just his second game. And you can't replicate game speed. Antonio Daniels said that on the broadcast, the stream, I should say, of the Pels game against the San Antonio Spurs. It just takes a little bit of while to break out of that rust. In the ways I've seen some people talk about him and the finishing at the rim was as, as if he shot like 12% from the field or something like that. Zion Williamson finished with 13 points on 10 shots. He was 5 of 10 from the field, 50%. That number is Fine. Like that number is good for most players. For Zion, though, you're right. It seems a little off. Here's the thing in that game against the Detroit Pistons, game the Pelicans won, but the, you know, the final score doesn't really matter here with preseason. Zion went to the line 12 times in 20 and a half minutes. That's an incredible number. If you go back to his sophomore year in the league, when he was an all-star, was getting all-MVP consideration. He averaged 33.2 minutes per game. He went to the line 8.79 times per game on in 33 minutes. Well, in just over 20 minutes of action, he went to the line 12 times. Now, his numbers look weird, just 13 points, because he shot 3 of 12 from free throw. 25%. But say he makes two, uh, three quarters of them, right? 75%. That would add 
a ton of other points to it that would add another five points. And all of a sudden now you're looking at 18 points on 10 shots. Those, that would be good numbers. Those would be good numbers. He's a career about 70% shooter from the free throw line. Not good, not horrendous for a big man, but he gets there so often that it's just bonus points with all of that. If he has a normal free throw shooting night, no one's concerned about anything here. Yes, he wasn't finishing through contact as well as he has in the past. Two things to think about it with it. One, like I just said, 500 days off with time, kind of getting his touch back, that feel back, it'll be fine. He will finish at the rim, finish through contact, no problem. And these numbers will only get better. The other part of it was finishing through contact. People are double and triple teaming him right now. They're throwing a lot of bodies at him. For any player, that's still tough, right? You might not be able to get those and ones. And that's what you're complaining about if you thought he wasn't finishing well in this game. You're complaining that he wasn't getting and ones and finishing through contact. Still got the foul, right? Even if you don't get the and one and get the chance for the extra point at the line, you're at least getting to the line. That does something. The Pelicans lived in the bonus in that game. They shot 34 free throws. It's a pretty good number. So I think you need to kind of keep all of that in mind when it comes to him. And when you looked at him in the San Antonio Spurs game, his numbers were still good. The game last night, three of seven. So the shooting wasn't there. Didn't get to the line, but did everything else. The five assists jump out at you. Finished with eight points. So the Spurs are a weirder team because of Greg Popovich. And they just want to make sure Zion doesn't beat you. And they do a good job of that. And it's a Popovich team, right? This happened on his first game back ever or his first game ever. He had to make his first 12 points from three because they would not let him score at the rim whatsoever. And Popovich teams have good defensive schemes. They know how to take away best players like that. And so they didn't foul. And the refs weren't giving Zion any help in that one either. But the five assists are there because it shows you how much the opponent is paying attention to him. And we'll get into Trey Murphy in a second because his game was awesome. Seven made three, seven of 10. Led, all, led the team in scoring with 27 points. Led the game in scoring. The only guy in 20 plus points with all of this. He was creating those open looks with all of the threes the Pelicans took in that game. And they shot 38.5% against San Antonio. Those looks were wide open when Zion was on the court. This is the Zion effect in full force. I've said it, right? You all have heard me say this. You don't space the court for Zion. You need to make teams pay when they double and triple team him. Trey Murphy did that. It's going to basically be the theme of the next segment. So even when Zion's not being effective around the rim, he's such a threat. There's so much court gravity there that it's going to open people up. And if you're worried about the Pelicans not making those shots, and there's there's valid reason to be worried about that. They were one of the worst three-point shooting teams the past two years. Well, you got Trey who's sinking them, and we still haven't seen Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum out there on the court with Zion at the same time. So if you're worried all season long, well, Zion can't finish through the contact, can't get those and ones, can't finish at the rim, it's going to be a lot easier, and he's going to have more room when CJ's on the court, when Brandon Ingram's out there on the court, because if you throw three bodies at Zion, two people are open then, or one person's like completely wide open. It'll be just fine. I'm not worried about it. His defense has looked better. He's rebounding well. He had eight, not sorry, nine defensive rebounds in this game against San Antonio. He was getting the ball and then pushing it up. The assists were there. I'm not, there's no concern I have around Zion Williamson whatsoever from what we've seen with preseason with him. This is what I thought. This is what I wanted to see. Flat out, full stop. He looks really good. 
And this team's going to be really good if you get some of these other guys stepping up. Like Trey Murphy, seven made threes. That's an awesome number. Let's talk about him coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You don't want to have open positions. Other people are doing other work. They get upset. They're not as good at it. It just hurts your business in a variety of capacities. So go make a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And then after you do that, you can put the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You've got to get the right team. It's important. LinkedIn Jobs It's number one rated by small businesses in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's Zion looking good, Trey Murphy, who we're about to talk about, seven made threes. By the way, I've got to play this really quickly. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Trick or Trey, and we're here on Locked On. Let's get it. That was a fun interview at Media Day with Trey Murphy. And there's a reason everyone's talking him up and everyone says they think he's a breakout candidate for this team. And if he plays well for New Orleans, like look out league. This is not a team that would have had people the past two seasons, they didn't, that make teams pay for doubling and tripling Zion. You now have a lot of credible threats. CJ is going to be great. Brandon Ingram is going to be great. Herb Jones is improving on his three-point shot. And then you saw what Trey Murphy did in that Detroit, uh, in that San Antonio Spurs game, and he looked fantastic. 27 points. 10 of 15 shooting, but more importantly, 7 of 10 from three. Yeah, let's keep it locked on like that, Trey. Eight rebounds for him, too. He was awesome. He was awesome. Not one turnover. This is exactly what you want to see. Zion was looking for him early on. The team was looking for him early on. This is what I've talked about on the show, and we talked about it with Will Guillory. Look at when they're running after a defensive rebound. They're looking to get to the ball to those short corners right away. If you get a guy in the short corner, he's open, take that shot, and teams will have to respect that, and they're going to have to run a defender down there. That opens the court for Zion Williamson. That's why Trey was ripping deep threes in this game. Because if you have someone uncovered and they're shooting 40% from deep threes or something along those lines, you have to cover them. Not in the half court when you're defending, but in transition opportunities like that. That, until teams start to respect your three-point shooters, which will take a while, is how you generate space for Zion, for Brandon Ingram, for a slashing Jose Alvarado or CJ McCollum. And Trey Murphy was doing that. First two shots of the night, corner threes from Trey. He was there as an outlet for whatever player it was, but often for Zion Williamson. Seven made threes. Reminds us a little bit of his first summer league game with the team. This is huge. This is huge. This team was bad. Bad from three last year. 
They were bad from three the year before. You need to have a three-point shot in the NBA right now if you want to win games. The Pelicans last season shot 33.2%, 27th. That's not good. If you can get a guy that goes out there and takes 10 attempts per game and is making them more often than he's missing, in a sense, he's not going to shoot 70% every night. He's not even going to shoot 50%, but can he get close to 40? That's an elite shooter on volume, too. And teams will respect that. And Trey showed it off in this game. Beyond that, though, again, you like the size from him. He's grown. He's taller. Eight rebounds given the Pelicans that defensive rebounding presence. That's something that they have struggled with the past couple of years, too. Zion isn't an elite defensive rebounder. Elite offensive rebounder, but not an elite defensive rebounder. If the Pelicans want to play small at times, and they do, you need to be able to get defensive boards. Okay, give me the 6'10 guy who grabs six in this one, five in this one. I can't remember off the top of my head. Five defensive boards. That then kickstarts your offense and gets you moving in transition. Trey's massive. What he can do is, as a skill set, unlike any other player on this roster in terms of his size, the switchability on defense and the ability to get out there and just make threes. He is going to be a very credible threat. The teams are going to, if you leave him open, good luck. He's just going to shoot him. I loved him ripping threes in this game, taking a ton of threes. I saw some people in the Pelican stream chat being like, okay, chill out, Trey. And he was three of six. You don't need to chill out when you're three of six. Go out there and shoot, sir, please. And you did, did you see Zion upset that Trey Murphy was taking threes and Zion wasn't getting the ball and didn't get a little more active until later. Not at all, because he knows this is only going to help him and make his life easier. And now you throw Brandon Ingram out there, CJ McCollum out there, those guys. Yeah, sign me up for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be an offense, as I've said, should be top five in the league, if not the best. How do you stop some of that? I'm not sure. I'm glad I don't have to be you know, an NBA coach trying to figure all of that out, because it's going to be nigh impossible, I think. Trey Murphy in that shooting and seeing that. Again, Zion had five assists. There's a correlation here. There's a correlation here, and you're starting to see bits of the offense come into play and what they might try and do and how they might try and play and look like this season. And Trey Murphy is in line for a big role and I think could be a very, very big part of it. Tremendous game from him just shooting. He doesn't need to do anything else either. If he just does that this season... And he's going to give you more than just that. But if he just does that, look out. I don't think he'll be in the running for six men of the year or anything like that. I don't think he's going to take enough of a starring role, though that would be cool. But he's going to be a very key player for New Orleans, particularly if they do want to get better on the defensive side of the ball. That's something that they definitely really need to do. But you've seen them get a little bit better in transition. They're working on transition defense. And by getting the ball to those corner three-point shooters and letting them take an early shot while everyone's still getting down the court, if they miss, those guys just get back and you're fine. So they're improving their defense with the shooting from Trey Murphy and some of the other guys too. It's exactly what you love to see. Some dude going 7 of 10. Oh, I love it so much. Please give me more of that because this offense is going to be good. It's going to let Zion cook. It's going to let B.I. cook when Zion's out of the lineup, whatever it might be. Everyone's going to cook. Everyone's going to score. Thank you, Trey Murphy, for doing that in the game last night. So coming up, injuries coming up. Dyson Daniels, Larry Nance Jr. leaving this one. No CJ, no brain in your groups. We got Garrett Temple minutes and everyone freaked out. I actually don't think we need to freak out about this. I actually think it's okay and maybe a good thing that he's getting minutes. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting and info this season. So whether it's pro or college, you can get all the latest player developments, team matchups, like a five-in-one two-lane news, podcasts, in-depth articles, analysis, and every game you can find if you want to make the NBA a little more interesting. Pelicans Futures feeling good. Maybe you do think Trey Murphy, Sixth Man of the Year, Zion, MVP. You can get in on all of that over at betonline.net. It's your fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Everything. MLB postseason, they got it. MMA, boxing, golf, whatever it is that might be out there, they've got you covered. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to go there right now to learn more about the trends and the action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, completely free, no paywall or anything. Breaking down the Pelicans and everything going on with them. Why Zion is still looking very good. Why Trey's going to be really important. We've got great interviews. Had Aaron Summers on the show recently. Will Guillory recently about to finalize another interview for y'all this week. Antonio Daniels has been a regular on the show, show as well. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment as well. And comment down below on YouTube. Number one thing you can do if you want to support the show, number one thing you can do, comment on YouTube. Simple as that. Whatever you want to put in there, totally cool. I love it. I usually put a question in there. Feel free to respond to that as well. And today we've been talking about the two preseason games. There's another preseason game on Wednesday against the Miami Heat, then Friday in Birmingham, which should be a pretty fun one. And I'm excited to talk about because I think they're going to do a few things that are going to be a little funky, but I think just kind of like a cool thing. And I like that. And in this game against the San Antonio Spurs, more injuries reared their ugly head. And you're seeing the Pelicans deal with a rash of them right now. CJ McCollum, not a big deal, right? We know he was capable of playing the other night. He could play. It's aging veteran in a sense. Just let him rest. Brandon Ingram, we're not concerned about him whatsoever. You know what you're going to get out of those two guys. They don't need to play. Like him to play a little bit, but there's also two more games for them to be able to play and kind of shake off some of the rust. And Zion looks good, and that's arguably the most important thing. It wasn't great, though, to see Dyson Daniels leave this game early. He checked in for about 30 seconds. 20 seconds is what it was. Rolled his right ankle where it kind of hit the ground. Look, he immediately came out, went right to the locker room before coming out a little bit later. Same for Larry Nance Jr. Went out, seemed to hit his hip or something. I don't I don't have what the injury is in front of me. I haven't heard what Coach said about the injuries yet either. We'll probably get an update even more so in the next day or two. You know, he left the game, went to the locker room, came out much later, didn't return to play. It's not ideal. I'd like to see both of them out there because it seems like Dyson Daniels obviously is going to be a guy who's going to get minutes. Larry Nance Jr. is a key player for this team this year. None of them seem too concerning, so until we get word that they are, it's just it's preseasons how it goes. But when that happens, you see a guy like Garrett Temple play a lot of minutes, and people freak out when that's the case. And if this were the regular season, I would agree with you. I don't want to see very many Garrett Temple minutes, if any at all, during the regular season. But I think it's okay right now. And for everyone freaking out, he, he played under 12 minutes in this game. Y'all know that, right? It wasn't like he played you know 48 or something along those lines. But I don't think it's bad that he's playing over guys like Zylan Cheatham, John Petty Jr., John Butler, even Darion Sebron either. I think when you look at this roster and people who are going to be on it at the start of the regular season, you know, Zylan Cheatham's going to either be in Birmingham or cut. He's a training camp body. They have their two-way contracts, right? 
Darion Sebron and John Butler. You know, seems like John Petty Jr. is going to be in Birmingham. But Sebron and Butler aren't going to play minutes for the team right away at all. They'll be in Birmingham. They might be around the team, but they're not going to be playing on an NBA court, assuming people are healthy. And if all of these injuries aren't big deals, the team is. You know, Daquan Plowden played 15 minutes in this. We liked what we've seen from him so far, but he's not going to be playing NBA minutes for this team. You know who might, because he's under contract and getting paid $5 million, is Garrett Temple. He, I don't want to say he's washed, right? He, he, he hasn't looked good. Last year didn't. This preseason doesn't look great either. But he's a guy that will be on your roster that if injuries occur, you're going to turn to before some of those other players. So play him minutes in preseason. Get him some reps and see if that keeps him going and means he can play. I'd rather have the 15th man on the bench, which maybe is what Garrett Temple is, getting reps over the guy who's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, or won't be on the team. And so when I see Garrett Temple get those minutes, it's not ideal, but you also have your starters only playing about 25 minutes or so, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is might be. That guy is on the roster. He's going to play games for the Pelicans this year. I'm trying not to sneeze if you look at my face on YouTube and I look all, all weird here. So if he's getting minutes, yeah, play him in preseason. This is your time to shake off rust, get in game form, get in game shape, and be ready to go. Because he will be called on at some point in time to contribute. And you want him playing his best basketball when he is, even if that ceiling's not very high anymore. I, I don't care about the on-court stuff, the coaching that y'all try and point out to me. You don't need, if your players need someone to be on the court with them, pointing this stuff out rather than your coaching staff kind of getting them in the moment to moment stuff, you got a bigger problem there. I don't think that's, I think that's overrated. I'd just rather have Garrett Temple be his best self as a player out there on the court. And that probably means getting minutes in preseason as opposed to getting a goose egg, a zero, and not getting some of those reps so that when he's called on in the first week of the season, even if it's just five minutes, that he's playing his best in those five minutes. So I don't have a problem with Garrett Temple playing 10, 12, 13, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is it might be. It's not a big deal, especially when other guys aren't, and you have to fill those minutes somewhere. Fill the minutes, not with potential, because that's not what you're trying to do this season. You're trying to win games. And yes, Garrett Temple, who's going to be on the roster, versus the other guys who won't, is that guy, for better or worse. You can say that's unfortunately or not, but that's the situation and the reality of it. So play him those minutes. I don't think it's that big of a deal. If he was getting minutes with a fully healthy roster in preseason, even then, not that big of a deal. If he gets these minutes with a fully healthy roster on opening night, different type of podcast that we're going to have if that's the case. But I don't think it's a big deal right now. So I want to talk more about this game, what we saw from some of these other players, probably tomorrow, Darian Sebron as well. I also have an injury to Jackson Hayes out two to four weeks. He'll be reevaluated. Jose had a big game against the Pistons, too, that I want to dive into a little bit more in depth. Same for Billy Hernan Gomez. We'll get into all of those guys in tomorrow's show. Just a lot to talk about for the Pelicans right now. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Comment down below on YouTube. You worried about the Garrett Temple minutes? That can be the question for today. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.